vibe's been super fucking off all week. I had Charlotte text me um, saying that she had had a weird dream. And then I had some really fucked up dreams. I had one dream where I saw my husband trying to take his own life. Oh my God. And then I had another dream where he was in a, a car accident. Yeah, I know. What the hell? Yeah. Um, and then um, some really weird shit was going on in my house. I was calling on my archangels. Michael did not come. And told me that I had to deal with a different archangel, which has never happened before. So I was like, I have rules. You're like, no. Like, no. No, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. you guys. I was pissed. Well, I didn't even tell you. I had a weird dream last night. I was waiting until... Hi, guys. I was waiting until um, we started recording because I wanted to tell you I'm oh, here. Oh, God. Okay, 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 okay. So the only thing I remember is, okay, so my parents or my grandparents had... A house on 126. Well, it doesn't matter where. <laughs> I'm all, Don't pinpoint us. <laughs> it's gone now. It doesn't matter. Anyways, um, I had a dream that they had. So when they had stairs, they had stairs going down to like a finished basement. So I had a dream I was at the top of the stairs, mm-hmm. and some little girl this time was walking down the stairs and she said something, and then like turned. Her body was facing this way, and she turned her head <gasps> all the way around, and then I woke up. Satan. It was Satan. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And then I just had, like, a whole horrible shitty day with, like, energy in my house today, too. It's been... Okay, so did you see the post I put on Facebook where, like, the wind was blowing the other night, right? Yeah. And it was so weird. I usually love the wind, and I went to go stand out in it, and normally, like, the wind will blow through me, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Because, like, I feel the negative energy leaving me. But this one felt like it was slamming into me, and mm, I just felt like, like I couldn't oh. breathe, yeah. and I was like, oh my god, something so bad is going to happen. Yeah, it does feel, like, daunting, whatever the yeah. feeling is right now. Yeah, and then when it rained last night, I usually like to go out in the rain and yeah. chill. Um, again, because it's cleansing, I but... Um, Dancing in the rain, I love it. For real. So, it, it like... But it hurt. It was really weird. It felt mm. like almost like like uh, tears. Like someone was crying. Mm. It was strange. That's, I don't like it. I don't like that. Mm-mm. I don't like that at all. Something's coming. Something's coming. It's not good. Yeah. The oh, all these dreams are, that's been going on lately. That's creepy as fuck. Well, it's been me. It's been you. It's been Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And the three of us are probably the most active witch workers Mm -hmm. or whatever you'd want to call us so for all three of us to be going through some weird shit i'm like ew yeah well how many times have we talked about like i've been feeling anxiety or i've been feeling this or this or that and then you're like yeah i have been too or vice versa and Mm -hmm. it's weird that right to the point that we both like wanted to fall over yeah like we're both feeling the same things and we it's like we're like telling each other you're like oh yeah i'm feeling it too like we both just happen to be feeling it and then talk about it after yeah it's some bullshit yeah so, anyways, I was like barely in it. Um, I, I'm a little nervous. I got a new haircut. Did you? So I just can't decide. Not a lot. Just a I was like, no. So I can't really decide if I like it this way or what. It's kind of feeling flat. I like it. It's just textured, like this. Yeah, like I see some short. layers. My longest layer was as long as my hair. Like I hadn't gotten a haircut in over a year. Everyone, don't kill me. But yeah, do it the same. Like, yeah. when I, like, so I hacked my hair off, mm-hmm. um, because someone fucked it up. I finally went to go get it done, and they fucked it up, um, but before that, I hadn't gotten my hair cut in, like, two or, two or three years, Yeah, like, I don't, I don't do Like, no trim, hair. nothing, I didn't do anything. No, so, obviously, my week's been fucked. Lil's been sick as shit, we've had hospital trips. Yeah. I haven't been at work for a week, but I got, like, a lot of 
like surface in my house is messy right now but like i pulled the stove out and the fridge out yeah like the and, like, getting the spring cleaning yeah. started yeah um so really fast before we start i wanted to give a shout out to emmett olivia whitney and tucker these are all a couple younger kids that mm -hmm. wait and listen to the podcast with their mom so they oh, all like, okay. wait for it to happen yeah so I just want to tell you guys thanks and that's awesome. Fucking suck. I mean, it's freaking. <laughs> go home. Don't do this. Get out now. That's awesome. God damn it. Go to bed. You're grounded. <laughs> You're grounded. <laughs> and this is my first glass of wine in a week and a half. Oh hell. I'm killing that whole bottle, bitch. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> like, oh my god, look at that. It's already gone. No, I'm just kidding. I, I wish. I, I can't find wait. But anyway, so there's a fuckload more than I thought for Ooh. part two. So we have to slam into this like immediately. Okay. Or we're not gonna get through. I won't. Sh I'll, I'll shut up, but I won't talk a lot during this one. No, you can ask questions and talk. Like I don't mind. Well, the thing is, is um, on our Instagram, I put up a post, at, you know, with the craze in it, and yeah. a couple people. One guy actually had a story. Another mm -hmm. guy messaged me a little clip of something. Oh, okay. Um, so I have those as well, and then like I found some quotes and some fun facts, and so there's like just a bunch of shit. That you I'm are gonna... you are already worried about it being a three parter. <laughs> All right, dude. I've lost my I'm ready. fucking pants. Oh wow! <laughs> I have to fold mine now. Fuck man. Okay, so I told you guys I was gonna start with Reggie for part two. So Reggie Cray was actually the calmer of the two, if that's even really like a thing. It's like the cal I'm the calmer of us two. Well, I know, but they were both so crazy that like does exactly. it even count as being calm? Okay, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> So met, I'm already fucking this up. Reggie married Frances Shea in 1965, and shortly after her death in 1967, he snapped and was no longer the calmer of the two. He would fly into rages over anything, um, and it was at this point that he, like, really fucking spiraled out of control. Right. Um, I put something in the clip right there that I realized will ruin, but I'm about to say it later, so I'm not gonna fucking tell you. <laughs> Um, but he was the calmer of the two in the sense that his brother was the one that was in and out of not only prisons, but mental institutions. Okay. Um, he was the one that would fly off the handle a little bit quicker. So mm. like he kind of had to not be as nuts because he had to balance out his brother. Yeah. Um, he was always trying to take care of his brother. He'd make sure his brother had the medication that he needed and different things like that. But right. once his wife took her own life, fucking all bets were Yeah. Off. He just like, I don't give a shit about anything. Nope. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Um, he was the more willing to talk to somebody about what was going on right. as opposed to, no, fuck you. Yeah. So that, that was a little bit about him. He, uh, supposedly both the brothers were bisexual and he oh, okay. grew out of it or decided to be with women in his adult life i'm not exactly sure There's you're just like more into women i guess because do you grow out of that i don't think it's something that you grow out of no because i've liked girls my whole i've liked girls longer than i've liked boys yeah like the first person i ever had a crush on was a girl i think the first three people i ever had a crush on was a girl yeah um hello girls are soft and smooth and they smell pretty um this i can't find long hair yeah Short i hair. can't find the well fucking. any hair <laughs> so so yeah um and so just for time's sake, because, yeah, I'm going to jump into the firm. Okay, yes. We're going to, I tried to line this out as best I could, um, 
the articles kind of they kind of hop all over the place. Yeah. And I tried to listen to like some documentaries about it, but there was so much I wanted to write down that I was like, listen, Shelby, you can't make this. You're gonna a do a whole podcast. I can't do this. Like you have to create a podcast <laughs> just to talk about the crazy. Like it, I'm so bad with old school gangsters. Like everything well, they're cool. is fascinating. Yeah. Um. So Ronnie and Reggie formed a gang. And it wasn't even necessarily them forming the gang. It was that people recognized the power and mm. what was going on and yeah. that it was better to be on the craze good side and in in their little In their good graces, yeah. Right. And then a gang sort of just formed, okay. um, which became infamous in the area. Like we talked about last time, if something happened, you wanted to go to the firm because yeah. they were going to deal with it. Um, and they narrowly dodged prison sentences on several occasions for so many different things. That doesn't surprise me. Um, so many different things. So the longest legitimate job the twins ever had in their lives was a six-month stint at a fish market. Oh, wow. Um, and then they were like, yeah, fuck this shit, I'm out. And they bought a rundown club in Mile End where they started a bunch of protection rackets. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah. By the end of the 50s, the Crays were working for someone named Jay Murray in Liverpool, and they were involved in hijacking, armed robbery, arson, and though the, uh, blah, 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 and that's how they saved up money and ended up acquiring other clubs and properties. Okay, yeah. Because obviously sometimes when you're a fuck fuck, people decide, okay, I'll let you live, but like I now own your building. Yeah. I own um, you. Yeah, you're my bitch, so that's fine. In 1960, Ronnie was imprisoned for 18 months for running a protection racket and threatening a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. While Ronnie was in prison, Peter Ratchman, I think that's how you say his last name. I fucking hate last names. Um, oh, fuck, before I forget, it was brought to my attention by multiple people multiple times that I fucked up. Um, the movie <laughs> with Tom Hardy, who, again, I'm having his children, he just doesn't know it, is called Legend. Not I am legend. I knew exactly what you were talking about. We were on the same page. I know. But then later I was like, I listened, I was like, I am legend. That's one of Will Smith. And then I went and Googled it. I was like, God legend. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Like just in the last 24 hours, like a couple people have reached out to me about it, but just in the last 24 hours, I've had two people be like, um, Shelby? I was going to message you too, but I was like, I'm sure someone else already did. Oh yeah. They've already, I've already been fucking told. So thanks guys. Uh, I fucked that up. Will Smith has nothing to do with this. Um. <laughs> He could. I would be happy with that, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, let's go back to that. While Ronnie was in prison, Peter Ratchman, whatever the fuck, head of a violent landlord operation, gave Reggie a nightclub called Esmeralda's Barn on Knightsbridge at the end um, of Wilton Place. Next to a bistro called Joanne's Kitchen. Oh, my God. Do you hmm. remember Joanne's Diner up in by Southtown Mall that fucking blew up? Oh, yes, yeah. They're still very good. Oh, my God. They're still I forgot all life. about that place. Uh, no, I went there still regularly. Like, oh, my God. I'm so sad when I think Yeah, I remember that. Dicks. Um, okay, anyway. <laughs> so, the Berkeley Hotel is actually where this club or pub that they mm-hmm. owned used to be. So, the okay. location is now the Berkeley Hotel. Like, they tore it down and put up the Berkeley, but that same location is where the craze owned one of their businesses okay that's cool um so obviously owning these different places increased the craze influence in the west end by making them celebrities as well as criminals they were assisted um by a banker named alan cooper who wanted protection against the craze rivals the richardsons 
and they were based out of South London. Okay. So as they started progressing through their career or whatever mm. the fuck you want to call this, they had a rival. Yeah. Obviously, happened. So in 1966, Ronnie shot and killed George Cornell, a member of the rival gang, the Richardsons, at the Blind Beggars Pub in Whitechapel on the 9th of March in 1966. He walked into the pub, walked straight over to him, put the gun to his head, and pulled the trigger. The entire pub emptied incredibly quickly, and of course, until years later, nobody saw anything. Well, of course not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, according to sources, Ronnie killed Cornell because Cornell referred to Ronnie as a fat poof. Now, poof in England means faggot. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he was calling him fat, a fat faggot, basically. Yeah, gotcha. So, I mean, I understand his rage entirely. Coming um, from who it is, too, yeah. Are you fucking on crack? Like, I don't care what somebody like the craze do. You shut your mouth. Yeah. Like, you don't even think it. Don't think it out Idiot. loud. Idiot. Uh-uh. Idiot. Don't you think at me in that tone of voice. No, I can, uh, no. I can hear your shit from here. I, I see those fucking eyes. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, fuck you. Um, so we called him a fat poof, and during a confrontation between the craze and the Richardson gang, that's when he called him this thing, but uh, whatever. So Ronnie was tried for killing him, but he denied that he had insulted. He denied that he'd done it, and he denied that Cornell had ever insulted him. And he claimed that the reason for the murder was that Cornell had been threatening the Cray brothers. Okay. I mean, I understand why back in the day, especially with the Cray brothers, how either situation was acceptable for murder. So. Yeah. I'm obviously not team murder, but I'm for sure keep team keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Don't be a dick. Um, so on the 12th of December, 1966, the craze helped Frank Mitchell, um, also known as the Mad Axeman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn. I don't want to be friends with him. Mm-mm. I want to be friends with the craze, but not this guy. Yeah. Um, to assume <laughs> these fucking dumbasses, they decided to help him escape from the prison. Ronnie had befriended Mitchell while he had served time in the Wandsworth Wandsworth prison. Mitchell felt, listen to this shit, because, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Mitchell felt that the authorities should review his case for parole, and they weren't doing that for him. So Ronnie thought that by getting him out of prison and getting him in the headlines, that it would bring enough attention to his case with the media that the authorities would have to give him a review. What? (laughs) How does that even make sense? How does that wrap around that brain? I don't know. That's fucking great. Like, maybe if we just throw a fit, they'll do it. Like, I'm going to throw a tantrum and then maybe I'll get my way. Because? It's not how life works. I have a lot to eat. And because I haven't been drinking like a week, I'm already not feeling sober, which is the greatest God, I am fucking jealous. I'm so happy. (laughs) So once they got Mitchell out... The craze held him at a friend's flat, which is an apartment, mm. in Barking Road, East Ham. He was a really large man and apparently had extreme mental disorders that even rivaled, um, I don't want to say Reggie, but I think I'm wrong. It might be, I don't know. I get the brother's <laughs> I, know, I, know. <laughs> I was getting I'm confused, so confused earlier, too. Um, anyways, supposedly <laughs> his mental disorders rivaled the crazier of the twins. Um... Yeah, so he was really difficult to control. He, we'd be drinking all day. He'd be starting fights with anyone and any anything, just fucking losing his shit all the time, and bringing girls home all the time randomly. 
And Ronnie and Reggie discovered that he had been hurting a few of the girls. Oh, you're and dead. And then suddenly he disappeared. There you go. Yep, like I said, you're mm-hmm. dead. But here's my fact. The Crays were acquitted of his murder and disappearance because they couldn't find enough on the situation. Because they're smart. Mm-hmm. So Freddie Foreman, a friend of the Crays, claimed in his autobiography that he shot Mitchell as a favor to the twins and disposed of his body at sea. So they weren't able to convict because I guess back then there wasn't a body. Like, you can't, whatever. Yeah. Even now it's hard. Like, you can't really. I think there's only, like, a couple cases where people have been convicted with no body. Um, so the downfall of the craze started in 1967 when Jack the Hat McVitie was killed. Hmm. I um, the craze criminal activities remained hidden largely behind their celebrity status. Because when I say celebrity status, I mean that they were doing things with Frank Sinatra. Like, right. they were top of the fucking top. Right. Um, like, the mafia was coming to visit them and try to convince them to open casinos. I remember you mentioned London. that last time. Yeah, yeah, like, they were top-notch, 100%. Yeah. You wanted to be in their bubble. They were fucking known. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, so, Reggie, allegedly encouraged by his brother... In October 1964, four months after the suicide of his wife, Frances, he decided to kill Jack the Hat. So this is where shit got fucked up. Mm -hmm. Um, And where I I think if he hadn't have done what he did next, the chances are the craze would have reigned for a lot longer than they did. So he started the end? Yeah. this, This, I think, is where the pivotal moment took place. Okay. So... Um, Jack the Hat was a minor member of the Cray gang, so okay. he decided to kill one of his own. Oh, okay. Alright, so I'll have to get through all this and explain why. Um, so he was a minor member of the gang who had failed to fulfill a thousand pound contract back in the 50s and 60s. It was a thousand pound contract, so a lot more money. Yeah. Um, half of which was paid to him in advance. McVitie was lured to a basement, um, yeah, he was lured to a basement. Upon entering, he saw Ronnie seated in the front room. As Ronnie approached him, he let loose a barrage of abuse and cut him below the eye with a piece of broken glass. It's believed that an argument then broke out between the twins and McVitie. As the argument got more heated... Reggie Cray pointed a handgun at McVitie's head and pulled the trigger twice. But the gun failed to discharge. What? McVitie was then held in a bear hug by the twin's cousin, Ronnie Hart. And Reggie Cray was handed a carving knife. (sighs) He stabbed McVitie in the face. Oh my god. And the stomach driving the blade into his neck while twisting the knife. Oh my god, oh my god, no. Not stopping, even as McVitie lay on the floor dying. Reggie had committed a very public murder against someone who many people in the firm felt did not deserve to die. In an interview in 2000, so years fucking later, okay, because Reggie and Ronnie never spoke on the legitimate reasons as to why they chose to take McVitie out. Okay? Uh-huh. Because the way that kind of stuff works is it's a need-to-know thing. So right, they yeah. didn't need to explain themselves to everyone in the firm. The yeah. firm needed to trust that if someone was being taken out, it was for a good a reason. reason. Yeah, exactly. Which they didn't. 
which I get it. Human nature would be on my fuck, you know? So shortly after Reggie's death, um, Freddie Foreman revealed that McVitie had a reputation for leaving carnage behind him due to his habitual use of drugs and heavy drinking. And in the past had threatened to harm the twins, their wives and anybody in their family. That was one of the bigger reasons that the craze took them out because no matter what they did, they could not get him to quit fucking doing drugs. Yeah. And one of the things that he would do is when he was on drugs or smashed out of his mind is he'd run around telling everybody what the craze were doing mm-hmm. because he was blitzed. Snitches so he was a fucking liability. Uh, we know this. Exactly. Which is why the twins obviously lost it on him. Um, so Tony and Chris and Ronnie, um, Ronnie Bender, so a different Ronnie, okay. helped clean up the mess. And it's like three different Ronnies dude, now. It's an English name. I know. To help dispose of the body. Um, it was too big to fit in the boot of the car, which the boot is the trunk. Mm-hmm. The body was wrapped up and tossed into the back seat. They were following the car to make sure that they all got the body out and stuff. They lost the car they were following until they all finally met up at a church. Um, because the car had actually, the car that was carrying the body ran out of gas. Oh so my god. happened to fucking stop in front of a church, dude. With no alternative than to dump it in the churchyard, the body was left in the car. And the three of the gangsters just went the fuck home. So Ronnie Bender then went on, got on the phone with Charlie Cray, who's the older brother of the twins, informing him about what had happened. Finding out after they found out that Vidi's corpse was where they were, the twins were livid and were trying to get a hold of somebody and get the body disposed of. Um, with dawn breaking, Foreman found the car, so the guy they got a hold of, found the car, broke into it, drove the body to New Haven, where with the help of some fucking guy that was on the side of the road, like, the book, the body was bound with chicken wire and dumped in the English Channel. So some dude just helped helped him just, like, bound up a dead body? Well, you gotta think about it, though. If you recognize that guy as the club owner that was in the craze, would you tell him no? Right, okay, Or would you want to be in the river with him? Like, you just fucking help and go about your day, live your life. That makes sense. Okay. I was like, What? Mm-hmm. But now I get it. So this event started turning a lot of people against the craze because in their heads, they were like, okay, well, if they can turn on him, what's going to stop them from turning on me? Yeah, they started losing control. Right. So then some of the firms started to turn on the craze and told Scotland Yard um, that they would testify against oh, them. Oh, shit. Yep. So by the end of 1967, Reed, the guy who was putting a case together, had built up enough evidence against the craze Witness, statements, witness statements and incrimination and all different kinds of things. Um, and he was getting ready to more, move forward with the charges. So there was a lot of other information about court dates and what they tried to pin them with and yada, yada, yada. They tried to pin them with robbery, extortion, violent, any fucking thing they could try to get their hands on. Mm-hmm. I think overall they tried to pin something like 66 different things on like both of them. Oh, wow. Ultimately, because I didn't want to go into the depths of all of it. If you want to, feel free. The craze are fucking crazy. Like it's a good, it's a good thing to study and read on if you're into it. But I decided to just dump, jump to. Ultimately, they could only pin one thing on each of them. Oh shit! Have everything. That's mm-hmm. crazy. They were both sentenced to life imprisonment with non-parole period of thirty years. One for the murder of Cornell. Okay. So when he walked up and shot the guy in the face at the bar. You're right. One for McVitie, the <clears throat> one who was threatening the family and the was cousin, or the Not the cousin, the, um, yeah, the drug within, Yeah, within the same organization. So these were the longest sentences ever passed out of the Central Criminal Court in London. 
Um, their brother Charlie, their older brother, um, was in prison for 10 years for his part in the murders. Oh, wow. So now I'm going to jump over to fun facts. So fun facts about a couple of them. Redry. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Mm. You know how it feels now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Reggie, which I kind of love this. Okay, like I love it a lot. Reggie created a signature move that was called the cigarette punch. Oh. He acted as if he was going to place a cigarette. <laughs> Fucking send all the help. All the wine. He act all the wine. I know that's. I was waiting for you to. I was waiting for you to say that. (laughs) He acted as if he was going to place a cigarette in his intended target's mouth, just like he does in the movie. Right. And then while his mouth was open, like he'd go like this. So while the guy's mouth was open, he would fucking punch the shit out of him and completely dislocate or shatter the jaw. Yeah, holy shit. So it was intended on purpose. That made my jaw hurt a little. Well, yeah, because back in the day, like you'd hand someone a smoke or you'd give it to them like this and they'd open their mouth. So while the mouth was open, he'd be like, yeah, that's the perfect time. Oh my God. Another random fun fact is when their mother passed away, um, the twins were allowed to attend their mother's funeral. Okay. Under heavy fucking security. Oh, I bet. Gosh. Come um, up. but they were not allowed to attend the graveside service. Oh, okay. Where she was actually put in the ground. Right. Yeah. Um, another random fact is the mafia, obviously, like I've mentioned, had really to- close ties to the craze. Um, and a wreath was sent to Reggie's funeral, supposedly, that said, in deep respect from your friends in New York. We know what that means. <laughs> um so then because obviously this is part two we had a couple people tell us some cool random stuff um but i want to use their actual names because i'll feel like an asshole if i don't so trad archer t-r-a-d like archer underscore d-l um said that his um grandfather had stories about the craze or that knew the two of them and then i asked him if he had stories or things that he could remember and he said i wish i could but he passed away just over a year ago but and he told me things over a decade ago but he did say that he had never felt so much power in one room from two people ever since oh wow yeah and I then bet. i bet so then this other guy messaged me and said i knew a guy whose dad claimed to have been extorted by the craze. Oh, shit. So, I mean, like, what the fuck did he do? Yeah. <laughs> tell more. us more. Yeah. I want to know what the fuck he did. Yeah, I need all the info on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to get extorted by the craze. And then I have a couple of quotes. So, this is from Ronnie Cray. This is obviously after he was arrested. He said, I'm not frightened of dying. Strangely enough, I believe in the death penalty. In fact, I think it would have been kinder to hang me. It certainly would have been quicker. Sometimes in Broadmoor, these days are long and the nights are an eternity. Being locked away for 30 years is a slow, drawn-out way to spend my life. But I don't regret the crimes I committed, and I don't regret anything about my life. Only getting caught. I never want anyone to apologize for me, as I am not sorry. Many have stood in judgment over me, but there is only one judge. God. Another one was... These were, those were the best years of our lives. They called them the swinging 60s. The Beatles and the Rolling Stones were ruling the pop music. 
Cranberry Street ruled the fashion world, and me and my brother ruled London, and we were fucking untouchable. That was perfect. Yeah. So then I found a newspaper article that I just had to read because it was really... See, this this is why I like the craze, and this mm-hmm. is why I don't have a problem with the craze, and it's explained in this article. It says, Britain's most notorious gangling murderers want the return of the rope like to to hang people want the return of the rope though not for themselves ronnie and reggie cray have told friends and different people in the turn of events that child killers should be hanged they argue that their own killings and torturings are lesser crimes because they only picked on what would be referred to as underworld villains last night a source close to the friend said the convicts have their own moral code. However strange it may seem to somebody on the outside, the the code says children murderers should go to the gallows and both the craze would welcome this happening. One of the brothers was quoted saying, the trouble with abolishing capital punishment and replacing it with life sentences is that the life sentences are often reduced and the killer is allowed to go free. With hanging, the community is satisfied and the criminal cannot repeat the outrage. He went on to say, I have long thought that there should be capital punishment for murder most foul, but scum who kill children will probably wish that they were dead months before they come to prison because we've marked them. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. They've been marked. Right. So that's my, that's one of the reasons why, like, I never had a problem with the craze or any other kind of gangster, because if you, if you study the craze or any other gangsters like that, mm. that had the same kind of, like, moral code or compass as them... They didn't kill women. They didn't kill children. They Mm. killed pieces of shit. Yeah. They killed snitches. They killed thieves. They killed whatever. Well, we heard how big they are in respect and how they are with people who touch women like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you don't fuck with their family and you don't fuck with women. You don't fuck with kids. What are you doing, babe? I got my clothes from the gym. Oh. Um. Oh, I need to go to the gym. That reminded me. Shit. So. Oh, Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to close that the fuck out. And I did this. Oh, shit. I mean, I kind of did it fast-ish. Where are we at? No, that's good. 30 minutes. That's good. What do you mean, man? Uh, I mean, it's decent. <laughs> okay. So, let me go to mine really quick. Okay. So, I'm doing mine on familiars. Huh? Oh, no. What? That's fine. Why? It's fine. You're fucking killing everybody here, man. I know. That's what this podcast is for. You gotta learn all the cool, like, creepy you shit. You have given so many people so much anxiety. Okay. And I'm the one that keeps hearing about it. They're like, oh my god, Kenzie's topic. And I'm like, go fucking tell Kenzie. Yeah, I, I haven't heard anything. So I'm just gonna keep giving it. Thanks. This one isn't like, I don't know, maybe you have a bad idea, but they're all, they're not that, they're not bad things. Sure. That's the, what you said about your last topic and... And everyone had a fucked up, fucked up week. <laughs> About synchronicity, guys. We're talking. I said, don't overthink things. Don't overthink coming it. Coming from you. Yeah, exactly. Coming from me. That should be. That should mean something. Eh. Okay. Familiars. Now let's not overthink this. Don't you tell us how to party. Oh, I will. You're gonna fuck up my world right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. So familiar is also known as a familiar spirit or a familiar animal, okay. and. It is an animal-shaped spirit or minor demon believed to serve as a witch, serve a witch or magician as domestic servant, spy, or companion. Said by some people, but there have there's also that's that's more of like the theory that's come after like the um, 
all the witch trials in the medieval time, but before that they were not known as anything scary or demon-like. But after that whole craze, that's when it was, that's when they were started to be referred to as demons. Really? Yeah. But before that, they're, they're like guardian angels, guardian spirits. They're really not, they're not actually demons in, until that, until that, um, medieval time. Well, when they for got me, that. like, it takes a certain kind of energy and vibration for me to consider something a demon anyway. Right. It could, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> okay, so, um, let's see. Fil- familiars have been described as demons or even fairies, depending on the time period, and the attitude of the person doing this they're describing, and their opinion of the magic user that they're talking about, and opinion of magic in general. Okay. I mean, so that can, <laughs> that changes a lot about an opinion. Um, so when researching it, it seems that there are different types of familiars. So there are familiars that we feel, such as the familiar spirit, patron deity, and a spirit familiar, which isn't the same as a um, familiar spirit. So there's familiar spirit and spirit familiar. They're different things. Um, then there, let's see, spirit guides or power animals. And then there's also familiars that we see, so the domestic familiars like the animals, or green familiars, which are plants. Familiar is that. feels familiar. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, so the animal is often believed to be to possess magic powers, such as the ability to change their shape. For many, it takes on the appearance of a common household pet, and many have reported the same spirit returning time again as a household pet, moving from one body of so moving from one body of the elder pet as it passes on to the body of kind the like younger a pet. Right. Like, and it, okay. So as when it's brought, like, a, yeah, exactly. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Um, they were an identifying characteristic of the English witchcraft in the mo- early modern period, largely setting it apart from continental or new world witchcraft, and they featured prominently in many British trials of the period. But if we really? go, yeah, well, and um, it's crazy because, like, I talk about it later on, like that. For in that time period, that was just a, one of the signs that you could be a witch is if you had a black cat or whatever. Oh, for fuck's sakes. Right. Um, so if we go back beyond the, the witch trial panics and all the panics of the medieval period, um, familiars or spirit guides were actually seen as a form of guardian angels. Okay. And in the ancient Rome, households, the households enjoyed the protection of... Um, God, I can't remember how to say this. Tut- tutelaries? These spirits were guarded, guarded the home and the property, uh, much like the genius loci, loki, lo, 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 loci, loci, the L-O-K-I, C-I, lo, <clears throat> I don't know, genius loci, lo, something. I don't know. Makes me uncomfortable. In ancient Greece, some believed in the um, daemon, a personal spirit that guided a person's actions. Even Socrates talked about having one, or and Philip Pullman popularized the idea in his series Dark Materials. Hmm. So familiars were mentioned in the Bible referring to the spirit guides of sorcerers and necromancers Ugh. and dire warnings were issued against any contact with them. Ugh. And it was said, um, the warning stated, a man also or a woman that hath a familiar spirit or that is a wizard shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones. Their blood shall be upon them. I don't like it. So again, this is after once it... The whole craze happened in the medieval time with all the witch trials and all that shit. That's when it became known as a demon because, I mean, witches were seen as bad and so were their familiars. 
So before that, it was actually just like a guide for the witch. So I gotta interrupt you for a second and like side fucking track. So I was talking to um, Charlotte about some of the dreams and stuff that we'd all been having and some of the weird vibes and trying to figure out why the fuck it was happening. Right. Um, and one of the, one of the theories we tossed around was that like, um, I know, I, unless you experienced it, I don't think you'll understand. I know you will. I'm more talking to the people. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's hard and you want to go back and forth on like just turning everything off. Mm -hmm. Um, so we were talking about the fact that we, we like that there's a podcast going and there's going to be a YouTube channel going and stuff like that where people can reach out and find a comfortable community because Mm -hmm. I don't know if other people have experienced it, but I know I have for fuck's sakes. Charlotte was told she was a white supremacist and shouldn't have the gifts that she had. And I've, oh yeah. Yeah. And I've been told so many times. I wish I could see my face. Yeah. Well, and I've been told so many times that because I had a child out of wedlock and because I'm tattooed and I act the way that I act that like, there's no way that I can do what I do. Um, but it goes back to that. Like it blows my fucking mind. Like what? Yeah. Like, it's really sad how things are so demonized, especially how it was then, you know, like during all that stuff. Well, that's kind of why I was bringing it to now, because like it still happens now. I mean, being a witch is way more accepted and and public, but it's still something that is terrifying to some people. And what really bugs me the most Mm -hmm. is when other people that have gifts are so cunty about yeah other people having gifts or giving like they're the only ones in the world who could have those gifts type of thing yeah Yeah. like you're not supposed to compare your magic or your gifts right to someone else's gifts or to my gifts or to your gifts fucking ever Mm -hmm. because then what you do is you get caught up in someone else's magic and you forget to fucking focus on your own yeah like it's different you have different abilities well you're supposed to you're supposed to be able to relate to different people yeah Whatever. Different energies, people like fucking blow. Some people are more like a kitchen witch. Some people are more, you know, different Dude, things. But. Every time I swear on this episode, I realize that there are children that wait to listen to this episode with their mother. And when I saw uh, that, I was thinking sorry. about every time that we swear. I'm like, well, at least they know it's explicit. Like, uh, yeah, that's true. Hey guys, I'm pouring my second glass of wine. P.S. My wine glass is technically big enough that I probably already had two glasses. So that's yeah, fine. it's a pretty big glass. I like it. I'm like, how much do I have left? Okay, anyways. Yeah, I'm still pouring. I'm not going to talk until it's done. (laughs) I wonder if they can hear that. (laughs) It's still going. Holy fuck balls. Look at that. That was like a quarter of the bottle. Dude, I'm telling you, like the glass is big enough that it fits like two regular wine glasses worth of wine in. Yeah, really though. I'm just here to fuck shit up. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. Okay, now chug half of that, and then I'll keep going. Oh, okay. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm gonna puke. Oh, Wait, don't do that. Oh, oh. She's doing it, guys. This bitch is a trooper. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, cool. Oh, yes. no. I'm with that. Oh. I'm with it. Can <laughs> just smile? Like the door too. Like there's. I'm fucking telling you, dude. We gotta start recording these things. Oh my god, that was great. Well then. I'm so glad you just did that. Perfect. Now I'm ready. (laughs) Okay. So Margaret Murray was responsible for much of the modern scholarship on the witches' familiar, 
especially as part of her in-depth analysis of the culture and the folklore surrounding witchcraft, which was published in her um, 1921 book called The Witch Cult in Western Europe. Okay. I want to read that. I wonder if it talks about how the the ideals of what a familiar is changed and was demonized. I wonder if it refers to that, because she talks about, if like, I'm it's being, supposed to be talked about that If I'm being completely honest, era. I've never heard of familiars in the way that you're explaining them. I've only ever, um, little, uh, you know that book, The Golden Compass? No. Okay. Well, they have something that, if I'm not mistaken, they call their familiars. And okay. it's an animal or creature type thing that helps them use their magic that's yeah that's exactly what this says i'll get into that yeah that's the only time that i have ever even heard of something called a familiar okay yeah that's what this is too i'll but get I into mean, that part i get it because like i would fucking give my left i was gonna say my left nut and then i realized i don't have one you left tit <laughs> no i like my boobs um <laughs> <laughs> i would give my left something i'm unsure as to what um to have a fucking raven. Oh my god. That would be fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I need to get, if I, I can get a permit and I can have one, but it needs to be in a larger cage or yeah. sanctuary. So I will do it when I move so that I have Once the you have property your property, yeah. To actually make it. That'd be cool. Good. Yeah. And how it comes to you is important too. So we'll they get into that. They come to me all the time. Really? Perfect. I love that. Those are my babies. I love ravens. <laughs> Um, there's, where did I see one? Oh my god, I can't remember where I saw one, but I had this really cool picture of one. I'll have to find it and show it to you. Dude, I see them all the fucking time. We got a really good picture, though. I'll have to show it to you when I find it. I want one tattooed. Maybe I'll, like, print it and give it to you. Yeah, do that! I'm so excited. Hopefully it's not on the one that was lost. (laughs) What? I know, I just realized that. I'm like, sorry to burst that bubble, but it might have been lost. Fucking get me up here and then, like, just kidding. But it might not be. I know. I'm taking you up and down and up and down. I don't know. That's how I'm feeling. I just don't know. What's in your glass thingy? Um, I make drink of things. Why are you kind of sober? I, it takes more than... Uh, that's all I've had today, so I've had like half of that, and that's not very much for me. I'm slightly tolerant to alcohol. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Jesus. It's, no, Shelby. We can call it Shelby. <laughs> Either way, fucking God. Whatever you wish. <laughs> Fuck. Sorry, guys. We're going to get back on track right now. Most of the evidence for familiars. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Okay, I need a drink. Hold My on. My nose is tingly. Just a little bit. Whoopsie. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so most of the evidence of familiars comes from the English and Scottish witch trials of the 16th and 17th century. Cent- century. Jesus Christ. Such as the Witches of Belvoir trials and the North Berwick trials. I kind of looked those up and they'd be really cool topics on their own. Oh, well, make a note. I did. Okay, so the lore surrounding the familiar spirit suggested that a witch received one following her initiation into the coven. Ooh, coven. Um, And the traditional vessel for such spirits were the cat, mouse, ferret, a hare, bat, snake, dog, or bird, 
particular particularly a raven or an owl <coughs> i'd have an owl too fuck yeah cole loves owls i would totally have an owl uh, <laughs> fuck yeah owls are gorgeous right uh, by far the most common form being a black cat or a black dog okay um they they sometimes had strange ass names so are you ready for these names Sure. Pie Wacket. Okay. Dandy Pratt. That wins. Um, or even names such as Tit, Bone Cracker, Little Rat, Thistle Purr, or Hop Moon. These are just some examples of names. I don't know how... They, they were obviously drunk. I'm like, I don't know how they got these fucking names, but I thought they were hilarious. Can we so. just talk about the fact that my hair is 700 different colors? Can we talk about how my hair is the same? Dude, I know. Um, let's see. You know the myth behind that, right? No. It's not even a, it's not necessarily a myth. Tell me. Tell me all of them. So, supposedly, especially, like, our age, if you start going gray and different things like that, and it's not gray, it's, like, white. Like, we both have, like, white or silver hair. Yeah. Um, the more whites and grays you have, like, look at, look at that. Like, yeah. It's fuck. it's everywhere. I know, I feel you. Um, you had spiritual experiences and you've got like spiritual wisdom and you've moved in and out that's of cool. the physical and the spiritual Fuck, realm I'll take continually. That. That's why they call people with all the white hair the crones. Okay. So we're starting to move into what people call the crones phase. That's fucking cool. Can you because, see on mine too? Yeah. Oh yeah. You've got a shitload. I know. I have a lot. That's part of the reason I hacked my hair off because I fucking hated that mm-hmm. my grays or my whites were only to like here. Yeah. And then I had, so I don't mind necessarily now that it's all kind of Starting to be the same length. Yeah. For real. Okay, sorry. Yeah. We'll stop sidetracking. Probably never, but that's... that's <laughs> no, I'm like, that's not going to happen. keep telling you that we're going to stop. It's fine. That'd be kind of boring. Okay. So, let's see. Where am I? As witches and cunning women in the Middle Ages were almost always marginalized and lonely, they would often... <laughs> stop. That's what it says. <laughs> they were... What? Okay. They were lonely because they were marginalized. Shut the fuck up. That's the dumbest thing I've heard all day. Because they were witches and they were cunning women. Meh. Talking about intimidated fucks. Fuck these assholes. Yeah. They didn't know how to deal with a real woman. Do anybody, <laughs> does anybody know how to deal with people like us? Some better than others, but probably not quite enough. Okay. So, these bitches were marginalized and lonely. Remember this. These bitches were <laughs> marginalized and lonely. Fuck you. So, and they would often have small animals and, as pets. And at one point, point during the witch hysteria of early modern Europe, they were mere, just the mere possession of a black cat or an unusual pet like a frog, lizard, a rat, or a black dog was sufficient cause for investigation as a witch. Are you fucking kidding me? Right? So that's what I mean. Like, they totally demonized what a familiar is because it re- really was not that negative before, you know? It was like a... Like, I don't know no it wasn't a demon is my point is it like as it was demonized it was as it goes like through. a comfort thing yeah it's a spirit that like is in the form of an animal or is in the body of an animal i'm oh, not yeah. there's different kinds of familiars that's why it could go multiple different ways which would be really good topics on its own so i made sure to mark that down too as the different types of familiars okay um so this next part I want your opinion and feedback on after I say it, because it was a little... Okay. So, technically, a familiar could also be a person and not an animal. And there are reports of human familiars throughout Western Europe and in the Middle Ages, 
usually referring to a demon which had taken possession of a human body. Wouldn't that just be like a soulmate, or like somebody that you've had a soul contract with that you've decided to have come into the physical world to help you move forward with your plan? Maybe, but what gets me is it says um, a demon which had taken possession of a body. So is it like, like a possession, like a nor well, like you see like in movies or like? I don't, well, uh, n- no, it wouldn't be a possession in that sense. Okay. Um, it would be a possession. I use the term possession loosely, mostly because they're using it in an article. That's what, yeah. Um, I think that's what gets me is the word. Well, based on what you're saying, a familiar, whether it's in animalistic form, plant form, or human form, ultimately the goal of the familiar is to bring the gifted person or magic weaver some sense of balance, peace, calm, and guidance. power point. Yeah, and they're right? re- yeah, and guidance a lot. Yeah. Right. So to me, that doesn't scream demon. Now right. yeah. you also have to understand that. I, I wholeheartedly work with both demons and angels, mm-hmm. um, or darker energies and lighter energies, hence the gray witch part, so I get it, but I don't know enough about familiars to mm-hmm. say whether they're demons or not, but from what you're saying to me and the vibe I'm getting from what a familiar is supposed to do or is intended to do, right. I don't think that it is demonic. Right, okay. Demonic See, that's why I wanted your opinion on that. Ha- cause you harm. Right, and when that's demon, not the It's goal. very rare that you have communications or interactions with demons that are soft, subtle, and there to help. Yeah, like, trying to not... benefit. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's why I wanted your opinion on that, because that part was kind of, like, interesting the to me. What are they trying to do over here? Is that confuse them other shit? Fucking just... Right. God! Like, make sense of your shit, people. And I, I mean, I was... I referred to the... I mean... Start that conversation or that sentence over again. I researched quite a dif- quite a few different websites to get gather all this information. So that's why I wanted to point out that part because that only came from one website. Okay. So, on to well, the. We all need to fucking chill. Yeah, chill the fuck out. Okay, so the finding of the witch's teat, which was considered a fail-safe method for identifying a witch at the height of the witch craze, was associated with feeding of their familiars or even the devil himself. A familiar was supposedly aided. Had, okay, so a familiar supposedly aided the witch in her magic in exchange for blood from a sacrificial animal or from the witch's teat. During the Middle Ages, witch hunters stripped suspects down and searched for a witch's teat, which was a mole or an extra nipple somewhere on the body, from which his or her familiar suckled and was sustained. Oh, shut the fuck up! I'm like, that's. See, they're just put. They put all this shit together. It doesn't even. That make doesn't even make sense. sense. It, exactly. Like you have a mole and you have a black cat, so you're a fucking witch. Relatable. But like I feel like there's a lot. Okay. Well. Like, duh. Like. Okay. Anyways. Uh, let's see. I don't. I don't. Ugh. Listen, I'm cramping like a motherfucker. Because fuck you, time of the month. Oh. Welcome to my life. Um, relatable right now, too. What the fuck? We're on our periods at yeah. the same time, too? Yeah. I'm done. This fuck. is weird. That's fucking weird. Let me text Charlotte and see if she is, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it's all three of us. Fuck it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? If it, that's so weird. What if it is? Her, like, Do I it. I ask you a question. Personal question. <laughs> She's going to listen to this podcast. Be like, Shelby, shut the fuck up. That's funny. Like, we're recording, so just so you know, it might no, come up on the episode. She, yeah. 
talking. Okay. So in reality, most witches actually feed their familiars with phys- whatever physical food they need for their bodies to be healthy, and they also can burn a candle or an incense for the spirit per- periodically. Um, so you could try sitting in a circle and meditating with your familiar while you both feed your spirits. That's one of the things it recommends for modern familiars rather than the medieval idea of familiars. Okay, so let's see. I don't like it. I like it. I don't... This is why people are stuck in a situation and why I think I've been being hounded with the podcast and the YouTube thing where our sources right now on the history Mm -hmm. of witchcraft and witches or spiritualism in general is so fucking skewed and there's so many different articles and there's so many different opinions and there's so many i'm not saying that what i say is right and that's what you guys should listen to um it needs to be fucking like sliced the fuck down Mm -hmm. down to like the bare goddamn minimum yeah so people understand that like as long as you're working in like a positive light and you're Mm. there to give the best to anybody you're working with do whatever the fuck you want to do yeah i'm drunk that's awesome. Okay, so let's see. So familiars are usually portrayed as mischievous and lively rather than serious, seriously threatening. Um, yeah, or seriously threatening. They feature prominently in many modern story, fantasy stories, usually as magical creatures and animal companions. When did you start your period? Um, a couple days ago. So it seemed to go Charlotte, then she finished. You probably started mid-cycle for her. You're a couple days in and I just started today. So we all went and like... Weird. Uh, That's fucking weird. So much information for all of you guys. I don't even care. Deal with it. (laughs) Okay. So a variation of the familiar is a medieval concept of the incubus. So, for those of you who don't know, an incubus is a demon in a male form supposed to lie upon the sleepers, especially women, in order to have sexual intercourse with them, often with a view of fathering a child. And the succubus, um, which takes the form of a beautiful woman, to seduce men, especially monks, and especially in dreams, to have sexual intercourse. Apparently, with monks, I did not know that part. Um, both types of demons draw energy from their host and to sustain themselves often until the point of exhaustion or death of the victim. So I guess that's like another form of a familiar. I don't know why that's in my notes. It must've been on that page. (laughs) I I mean, I remember reading it. I remember reading it. So. What the fuck are you talking about? Me? Mm Mm-hmm. Them. Any of them. The fuck? Well, if you're talking to me, you'll just have to listen back to the podcast. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Okay, so people saw hares as either familiars or witches in disguise. The most famous hare familiar comes from the Pendle Trials. Elizabeth Dimdike talked about Tib. This familiar this familiar shifted into the form of both a hare and a black cat. During the Pendle Trials, Alison Device claimed her familiar took the form of a black hound. Elsewhere, witches confessed to meeting the devil in his black dog form. Thomas, I'm sorry. <laughs> what? I know. Meaning the devil in what? In a black dog form. So he came in the form of a black dog. I mean, sure. 
I'm not, I'm not, drunk Shelby cannot touch on that. Okay. I'll fucking lose my shit. Alright, don't do it then. Thomas A. Donaldson points out the relationship between the witch and the familiar was complicated. The familiar didn't just do what it was told, it also made requests of the witch in exchange for its magical help. It explains why one of the three witches in Macbeth says, I come, Grey Malkin. She summoned. She is summoned by her um, cat, which is her familiar. Not the other way around, so it, was, it summoned her, not she summoned it. It was the point of that. Um, it was said that the evil witches used demons as familiars to cause harm. It stood to reason that good witches might use these, um, might use fairies or even angels as familiars to heal. But as modern ideas have come back to how it was before the Middle Age um, times, that it isn't, again, it isn't more of a demon, it's more of a spirit guide. Okay. Um... Familiars could also sniff out a bewitchment or diagnose a health problem. And that was all above board and legal. And then and in the 191604, or 19, the 1604 Witchcraft Act only persecuted evil spirits. People had acts in 1604? Apparently. Jesus Christ. Consulting a good spirit for help in a difficult medical case was tolerated, if not actively encouraged. Um, even royalty fell under suspicion of familiars. The parliamentarians, whatever, convinced the that the royalist prince Rupert's dog, named Boy, had supernatural powers. According to propaganda, the invincible Boy could find treasure, catch bullets in his mouth, and issue prophecies. Someone had shot the poodle in the Battle of Marston Moor in 1644. In early modern period, the harsh and unyielding physical world was also an enchanted one. Powerful occult forces permeated life at every level. The air teemed with invisible supernatural entities which constantly influenced the world and the lives of men. Although bonded to the witch they serve, familiars have their own personalities, goals, and prejudices. In other words, they are by most accounts real solid beings, not thought forms or constructs. Or if they are originated as one of these, they have existed as long. Well, okay, they have existed so long that they have developed into sentient beings of their own right. What? That's not even all of it. Okay. In many cases, the witch wasn't actively seeking a servant when the familiar appeared. Some inherited the spirit from a dying parent. Others met the familiar by accident, and some familiars only turned up when the witch struggled with a magical matter. In some cases, the acquisition of the familiar, familiar marks the beginning of a person's foray into magic. Perhaps the familiar appears to them in a need, in time of need and offers his service to help the person overcome their troubles. Some historical reference suggests that actual conversations through, though in modern times, these are usually dreams or astral exchanges. In this case, the physical familiar will show, upon, show up on the material... Oh my God. Okay, the physical familiar will show up on the material plane a short time after initial contact. Sometimes a familiar is gifted to a magical user upon their introduction into the magical arts. Yeah. After the magic user has formally made their interest known and begun their studies. The gift may come from a teacher, a parent, or a spirit guide. Okay. Uh, most often a familiar comes to someone who is already involved in magic. They may ask their spirit guide or the universe in general to send a familiar helper 
or the familiar may simply show up on their own doorstep or on their doorstep unannounced. There are also many cases when a familiar is inherited upon a death or incapacitation uh, of a fellow magic user. Familiars are often passed down through families and coven's. It's kind of crazy how I got my cat Ari. Um, I don't remember the whole thing that surrounded it, but basically this chick wrote me and was like, I have this cat, blah, 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 blah. She hey. sent me a picture. And as soon as I saw her, I'm like, I have to have her in my life. Like, I don't know. I just have to have her. And so I went and picked her up and holy shit, has this cat been like my fucking soulmate since I've met her. Seems to be that a familiar comes when it is least expected and perhaps most needed. Okay. There's nearly always something remarkable about their appearance and most people say that they came out of nowhere. And oh, like your cat. Okay. Yeah. And the event um, the event may be preceded or immediately followed by a dream message regarding the coming of the familiar. Now, I remember I used to have dreams after I got her about her, but I don't remember at all what they were. Interesting. Yeah. So it could just be like dreams about my cat or it could have been hmm. some actual cool ass messages that I don't remember. I don't remember stuff like it. Um, one way a witch and a familiar have traditionally worked together <laughs> is writing. Ride the witch. A witch in a trance state imprints her consciousness on the familiar creature, and the familiar allows this. In this way, a witch can travel to places she might otherwise not be able to go. She can fly, she can climb, and she can dig, and she can watch and listen. A witch may send a familiar to complete a task for her on, the other, on either the physical or astral plane, because familiars are both physical and astral creatures. A familiar guards a witch during magical work, and it can guard her while she is in trance or being ridden to protect her physically and also alert her to the presence of spirits and help her drive away those that may be harmful. A familiar can help minimize the effect of spell work on a witch. Sometimes, for example, a witch may draw certain energies into herself, which may be overwhelming. A familiar animal can absorb some of those energies and take the edge off while um, still keeping them available to her. Most modern authors on the subject of familiar um, reject the physical aspect of these spirits, at least partially, if not completely. Many modern practitioners believe the historical references of familiars as physical beings refer to either normal animals that were not familiars or spirit beings that have been allowed, that have allowed themselves to be seen in one shape or another or entirely make-believe evidence spouted by witnesses with a vendetta or suspect witches. Under torture, willing to say anything to end their pain. So, basically, I kind of read that in like a one long run-on no, sentence, so hopefully that made sense. Um, so, according to that view, familiar spirits are, sil- are simply helper spirits that have nothing whatsoever to do with physical animal companions. Other authors see a familiar animal as simply an animal with a close psychic bond with a witch. A more balanced approach describes familiars as a type of spirit that has a very close affinity for an individual, or more usually a family, that often inhabits the body of a household pet. The spirit can operate in purely spirit form between incarnations, but also um, must, must be useful in a material body where it can act as a bridge between realms. The familiar bond, be it, be it to a spirit, an animal guide, a real animal or a vessel is something to enter with great caution. As always, be careful, protect yourself physically and spiritually, and arm yourself with plenty of knowledge before diving into the world of familiars 
or any type of familiar. That's it. So my idea of how that whole thing was, it felt like just like everything, it was just so demonized during all that craze, um, you know, back in like the witch trial times, you know, because before that it was even way before that. And then now it's there, which makes more sense to me that they're just a spirit. Like, of course, an animal is a spirit. There's still a spirit. There's still soul in there, but it's like a spirit guide. I just keep sighing. Like, um, I hope that one day we'll get out of this phase, but I don't think that we ever will. Um, when something's going on that people don't know how to explain, they start throwing things at it mm -hmm. that make them feel like there's an explanation. Yeah, whether it's positive or negative, they feel more comfortable with some sort of idea. Right, and I'm not saying I disliked the topic that you covered. I disliked the flopping back and forth of information. Mm -hmm. And that's not your fault by any means. It's just mind-blowing to me how something to somebody can be so positive mm -hmm. and that exact same th something to someone else can be so negative. Um, well, just like the general idea of witchcraft. <sighs> that's like that's what I mean. That's the same thing. The same people who demonize a familiar spirit is demonizing a witch. That's how I feel about it. The back and forth, I completely agree. And I see what you're saying with that. Because there was a lot of back and forth between mm -hmm. modern times, medieval times, mm -hmm. and pre before those medieval times. And I can see how the modern times are more lining up to pre-medieval because that time, that medieval time, was more focused on witch hunts and crucifying witches and anything, anyone who thinks who may or may not be a witch because they have a mole and a black cat, we're going to go ahead and kill them and they're familiar. Because if she's demon, if she's whatever, whatever they classify a witch as, of course they're going to classify their familiar the same thing. Right. Um, in, in the Golden Compass or whatever it's called, if you kill the familiar, like if I'm not mistaken, it's almost like a soul bond uh -huh. with the other person. So right, I could see that. If you something to the familiar, like something bad happens. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't... I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of different things out there that nobody can ever know for sure. Right. I understand your own that completely. Yeah. I just, I don't, what's the, is it fear-mongering? Is that what it's called? For what exactly? Like when they're. Just like when people don't know what the fuck uh, so they, is. Yeah, they so they just, just like. start making shit and they just right. panic okay, yeah. and they just whatever. Like it fucking irritates me so much. Right. And I think that's exactly what happened. And that's why they were so demonized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it fucking lights a fire under my ass. Right. Because like. And I'm not saying my cat is my familiar, because I don't know. She could just... I don't know. She obviously has a soul. She's a cat. She's a living thing. Yeah. But I know, without a fucking doubt, that that cat was meant to be in my life. Like, some people are going to listen to this, but like, she's crazy. But people no, have no, the no. same feeling about their dogs and stuff, I'm too. I'm pretty sure those people probably got weeded out on, like, the first five episodes. That's true. But, like, for... We have such an insane connection. It's... I Like, I can't even explain... It blows people's minds how she acts with me compared to anyone else. Like, she's as obsessed with me as I am with her. 
That's not a bad thing. No. And she is always there to, like, take away my pain or calm me down when I have anxiety or give me energy. Like, when I'm doing my, when I'm in my um, office area working with candle magic or whatever I'm doing, Mm -hmm. she always comes into the room and sits right next to me. She doesn't move. She just sits right next to me every time. And I could just feel any negative energies I had before just, like, absorb. Like, not absorb, or not absorb. Um, like dissipate. I'm not saying she absorbs it, but she helps me not feel like, I don't know. She like takes away all those negative energies from me. Right. Yeah. And she helps me so I can have the right mindset to do that stuff. Cause I can't be doing candle magic with a negative mindset. No. Right. No. I mean, everything needs a balancing point. So yeah. I, I understand the concept of familiars. Um, I don't have a familiar. Like right. I said, I think I might. Like, I like Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm not... I understand that there are people out there that have spirit animals as well. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, well, reading up is kind of a form of a familiar, but not really. Right. That's, it's well, like, like it's I don't even feel... Like, I get it. Like, I've been told a couple different times what my spirit animal might be, but, like, I don't... Someone tell reason, me. Please someone tell me what mine is. How do you know that? How do you find that out? I want to know. Sorry, but I just really want to know. Oh, my God. I know. I got... Oh, my God. I threw a lot of... Uh, yeah. Okay, go on. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. I don't I do not do the spirit animal thing. And it's not that I have anything against it. It's that it doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And not everything... Well, it's not supposed to be the same for everyone. That's the point. No. Yeah. Um, that's why there are so many different forms of magic. And there are How so many How boring would it be if it was all the same? Yeah. That's one of the things that's so true witchcraft is we're all so different. And yeah. And all celebrated, so it's fine. Um, it's beautiful, yeah, right, exactly. I don't resonate with spirit animals. I don't, yeah. I don't think I resonate with familiars. Like, mm-hmm. you obviously I, do. I definitely do, yeah, right. exactly. Um, I resonate with wine. That's fine. Fuck that, yeah, I resonate with... familiars? <laughs> that's fine. That puts me that's, in a really good place. It works. Dude. The alcohol familiar, I've cool. been texting Charlotte, and, like, I'm gonna have to fucking put on some, like... Um, meditation shit tonight and like really fucking dive and find out what the fuck is going on between yeah. me and her and like yeah. the feelings and the vibes and the smells and the ugh. everything that's going on I know that's nuts yeah well what's really weird is like overall me individually I don't feel bad mm-hmm. I'm not in a weird space I'm not whatever what I know is that there's something lingering over me yeah I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with just me yeah I feel like there's something that's going to happen that's going to affect a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the f- reason I've had such bad anxiety all week and the feeling that I just couldn't breathe and something just pressing on my chest and I kind of, like, I break down every area of my life. Like, my relationship's great. My family life's great. Mm-hmm. My work's great. School's great. Yeah. Like, what's the fucking problem? Right. But then I just, like, feel this, like, daunting energy. Mm-hmm. And then to talk to you and hear that Charlotte is feeling the same thing, like, that's... Well, there's, like, there's two oh. sides to it. I know there's a big change coming, and I know that a lot of it is incredibly positive, but it's mm-hmm. going to happen so fast and so drastically that it's basically going to give everybody whiplash. Okay, yeah. Um, then there's the other side of it where I know there's something not good coming. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, when it is, where it is. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to get on my pendulum and draw out a pendulum paddle and mm-hmm. try to ask some questions. It's a good idea. And see what I can come up with. Yeah. So, because pendulum pendulum panel sessions can get really in depth mm-hmm. so i have to do that at night 
Does that mean you recommend doing it that night, or just, like, when you do it? Um, I've, it's been brought to my attention recently because I'm a cusp witch, like, I'm half Sagittarius, half, half Scorpio. Right. Um, I do a lot of moon magic and nighttime magic, and I like to do a lot of my deeper dives mm-hmm. after midnight. Yeah, the moon resonates with me so deeply that I feel way more, I like, f- I feel, yeah. Well, because it's quiet, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't can know. Feel, I can feel everyone around me that's supposed to be there and what's going on. Yeah. Maybe it's because Cole calls me his moon. I don't know. Maybe I just love moons. That's I don't cute. know. I know, huh? Maybe I just wanted to throw that out there because it was cute. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm for sure. I've always, like, lunar, lunar witch. Like, well, that's where I got my crystal business name, Luna. Yeah. Luna and Lace, you know. I'm yeah. plugging that. you're <laughs> <laughs> good. Plug it up. That but that's how so I got bad. it. Don't, plugging it. Don't, plug no, that I up. Plug, plug it up. And, plug it up. Oh, no. That's, we'll save that for the for the kink coven. Oh, for the that. slut side. I have so many slutty stories. If you guys have slutty stories, send them to us. Please. I, <laughs> I love I them. I, lo- I like live vicariously through <laughs> these stories. <laughs> Rate, subscribe, and review on iTunes, you guys, if you can. Follow us on all social media. For sure. I fucking love talking to you guys. It's one of my favorite things. I know. It's fun. Um, so we're going to have a weird conversation, but I'm going to tell you guys to stage that shit. And save our souls.